This is a When Walls Can Talk network podcast. From the witches that brought you Ouija boards and Midnight Marks and When Walls Can Talk, the podcast, comes a brand new spooktastic show that we know you will all enjoy. Join us for a riotous romp through your favorite movies, TV series, and documentaries, all from the perspective of practicing witches, mediums, and herbalists. Whether you're watching along with us for the very first time or re-watching as a fan, this is the show for you. This is Ghost Besties, the horror reaction show. Oh my god, okay. Let's do it. Anyone want to lead off or I can lead off? You lead off. Take okay. us away. Take it away, Ernie. One moment. Let that was wet. so dainty. Wet my whistle. <laughs> oh my god, hello everybody. And welcome to a brand new spanking podcast. <laughs> Holy shit, after like... A year of talking about this. We're finally doing it. Welcome to our brand new baby show called Ghost Besties. Who are you going to call? Ghost Besties. And who do we have with us? It's me. <laughs> a better Mario than Chris Pratt. I <laughs> <laughs> think Chris Pratt was going to be Mario. Oh, don't watch the trailer because it'll piss you the fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> However, Jack Black is Bowser and he's phenomenal. Out. He cannot, there's nothing Jack Black does that isn't pristine, 100% perfect. So you are here with the one and only Cheyenne, yay, from Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks. And of course. It's me, Shale, the one that's named after a rock. (laughs) (laughs) If you've ever listened to either one of our podcasts, you know both of our voices because we make appearances with each other regularly. And we have discussed so many times on so many episodes in so many different situations, different movies and TV shows and things in the ghosty, scary, horror slash true crime world. And it is time to do it along with all of you. Yeah. If you uh, if you don't know us, if you're stumbling into this blind. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for being here. You might find more substance. (laughs) in our respective fields, other podcasts. But if you're here and you love reactions, if you're like a YouTube baby like us, if you love horror movies, if you love scary shit, or if you hate scary shit, but you love to be scared, this is the podcast for you. Yes, it is. And if you love things like this and just want people to talk to, uh, that's Shale and I for this particular selection that we've chosen to kick off this season, but we'll get to that in just a second. This is another great place to hear other people's thoughts and opinions and uh you've never watched what we're about to watch today which we'll get into in a minute no so. did you introduce yourself no no i guess i didn't <laughs> <laughs> hey guys my name is jeremy i am your host of when walls can talk the podcast uh where we talk all things supernatural and occult and metaphysical i feel like that's a fair description for ouija boards and midnight marks would you agree yeah yeah and we met through the metaphysical space at a seance If you want to learn more about our first meeting, uh, Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks has an episode called uh, Baby's First Seance that covers the first time we ever made acquaintances with one another. And then my premiere episode on uh, Cheeseman Park in Denver, Colorado was the first time that we ever got to work together. And it's been inseparable ever since. Yay! Real life ghost besties. We picked the name for a reason. 
But essentially what we're going to do is we're going to pick some movies, some TV shows, some documentaries. I think we'll kind of be all over the place within this kind of true crime, horror, supernatural world uh, where we'll watch it along with all of you. We'll give you guys a break in a little bit to go watch the episode that we're talking about. Um, We'll start each one off with a little exploration of like what we're expecting and what we're looking forward to. If we're in a series like we'll be starting today, unpacking a little bit of what we've covered so far what we know um, since this is new, a new one for you, Cheyenne, we'll talk a little bit about like what you've learned and what you're liking. Uh, and then we'll give you guys a little break to go watch the episode of the movie. And then we'll come on back and unpack it. Yay. It should be a really good time. So what are we talking about? This whole podcast. <laughs> you're laughing because I'm a fiend about this particular like show. Out in the flesh I, right now. Ah, I have documents in front of me with thoughts and things. He has like 10 pages of printed paper in front of him. Only a couple what things have highlighted. I know it's an, it's obnoxious. My Libra rising shows quite a bit in some of this. Too. Yay! <laughs> Team Libras. We love um, Libras. What we're talking about today. And honestly was the reason that I thought of doing the show in the first place is uh, a little horror anthology on Netflix. You may have heard of it. It's called The Haunting of Hill House. And I watched it the, I think right after it came, the October that it came out, because I believe it came out in- 2018. Yeah. I believe I watched it right when it came out. I haven't seen it, but out. I know how to research. I Facts. always remember it because my husband and I watched it together um, on our mini moon. So like our mini honeymoon after our wedding. And that was Oh, such good memories attached to it then. It truly uh, blew my mind, shattered my expectations, revolutionized the possibilities around storytelling for me. Um, And I think you'll understand kind of why I say that. Uh, And I've literally never stopped thinking about it ever since. I watch YouTube reactions constantly of people watching it for the first time because I love the experience of watching people find the Easter eggs and put the puzzle pieces together and then arrive at the finale, which has such an incredible and intense emotional payoff. And I literally, we were laughing before we got on this shale that I literally before Cheyenne came over this evening to record, I literally was just sitting on my bed watching people react to the very end of the final episode. And I can't even out of context, I can't not cry. My fiance came in the room and was like, are you okay? He's like, no, I'm fine. It's just so good. He's like, okay, I'll just, I'll go back in the bathroom for a second. Honestly, that's the thing about like Hill House is I feel like it's that, it's something that like just sticks with you. Like it sinks into your skin almost. And it's one of those that I feel like is so worthy of revisiting because in the first pass through you miss so much right agree and then agree. Like, there's so much that i found on youtube that i'm like oh my gosh i would have never have noticed that but there's some people that are like much more observant than i but yeah hill house is just so multi-dimensional and has so many layers to it and it's so human yes. i think that's the other thing that i love about it is while it like calls itself a horror anthology i find most people and i don't think this is a spoiler to say in any way walk away from it feeling like the it wasn't as much about the fear while there is some like fantastic textbook horror cinematography and filmmaking in it. uh, I found myself walking away with the writing and the complex dynamic family relationships and, and all that. Yes. I 1000% agree. And it's like, I think that's the biggest part of it is like the emotional connection that you can make to it. 
and yeah. how it, it almost makes you feel seen. Like anybody who's dealt with um, some of the values that are brought up in the show feel like they walk away feeling like they can connect to it in some way. Absolutely. I think that if you were to give Cheyenne any uh, advice coming into watching this for the first time, or like anybody who's watching this for the first time who might be listening to this along with us and watching it for the first time, do you have any specific things that you would say? Honestly, there's a part of me that wants to be like, be super observant. That's which I exactly like what I was going to say. But, I was, but at the same time, I think what makes this like so special is like, I feel like the first time you watch it, you just need to experience it. And then Agreed. you get more observant the next few times you watch it through because like, it is just like something it's it, the storytelling is so amazing that you don't want to be like so hyper fixated on trying to figure it out that you miss the the subtle nuances. So it, like definitely be observant because like, it is one of those that you want to pay attention to the storyline pretty closely yeah. and see how things are linked, but like also just let yourself sink in and experience it. Honestly. Absolutely. I think the only other thing that I would say is that the writing is spectacular and the words that are chosen are chosen for a reason. Yes. Uh, And there are times where things that are said will come back again and again and again. And I think that's one of those places that like the emotional thing just lands as those phrases are tweaked or changed or whatever. Some of them they set up so brilliantly that you can't help but catch them. Right. Um, But I I totally agree. It's a, I'm torn between saying like pay extra close attention and also just like, letting it speak to you in whatever way it chooses to speak to you honestly it's just fucking art <laughs> like i just can't it, describe it way that it is just cinematography cinematic art <laughs> i absolutely agree i'm so excited i have a little bit of uh just some little tidbits on uh the show and stuff like that that i was just going to touch on before we send everyone to break to go watch the episode but um, Haunting of Hill House in and of itself is loosely based on a novel of the same name by Shirley Jackson that was written in 1959. And it's a gothic core novel by American author Jackson. It was a finalist for the National Book Award and considered one of the literary ghost stories, one of the best literary ghost stories published during the 20th century. Um, it's been made into two feature films, a play, and obviously is the basis for this Netflix series. The novel relies on terror rather than horror to elicit emotion in the reader while using complex relationships between the mysterious events in the house and in the characters' psyches. We have to reference it just because that's what it was based off of, but the reality is is it's actually quite different from the book. Um, They took very, very broad strokes uh, liberties with it, but I still feel like Shirley Jackson would be pleased i hope would be pleased with what they've done with it but i did find a little quote here from a woman named paula garon um, writing about shirley jackson's kind of like approach to writing this that i thought i'd read Uh, and then i had one other little paragraph from a review no spoilers but i just thought it was written so beautifully that really sets people up going into this kind of wets your palate and gets you ready for it but here's a little bit about the writing of the book the author decided to write quote, a ghost story after reading about a group of 19th century psychic researchers who studied a house and somberly reported their supposedly scientific findings to the Society for Psychic Research. What Jackson discovered in their, quote, dry reports was not the story of a haunted house. 
It was the story of several earnest, I believe, misguided, certainly determined people with their differing motivations and backgrounds. Excited by the prospect of creating her own haunted house and the characters to explore it, she launched into research. She later claimed to have found a picture in a magazine of a California house she believed was suitably haunted looking. She asked her mother, who lived in California, to help find information about the dwelling. According to Jackson, her mother identified the house as as one of the author's own great-great-grandfather, an architect who had designed some of San Francisco's oldest buildings. Jackson also read volume upon volume of traditional ghost stories while preparing to write her own. Quote, no one can get into a novel about a haunted house without hitting the subject of reality head on. Either I have to believe in ghosts, which I do, or I have to write another kind of novel altogether. I really, I really enjoyed that kind of perspective of how the book came into being. And finally, before we get watching and enjoying this, um, I wanted to read, this is a quote from, I believe it's Vulture Magazine. Um, from an article titled The Profound Grief of the Haunting of Hill House. And I just wanted to read the opening and closing paragraphs of this. It's a great article, but there's too many spoilers in here that I don't want to bring in yet. Maybe we can pick through this as we continue forward. But I think, Shale, you'll agree with this writer's perspective. Trauma builds walls. Left unattended, they keep going up. Soon you're trapped in a house of its making. Long hallways leading nowhere, empty rooms, doors that swing open and slam shut by the weather of your moods. You climb the stairs and shout through the windows, hungry for a way out, lost in the labyrinthian sinew of personal devastation. Netflix's ten new 10-episode horror series, The Haunting of Hill House, uses Shirley Jackson's famous novel as a roadmap to explore this house-as-body metaphor, and it does so with a profound and precise tenderness. Creator and director Mike Flanagan crafts a wholly unique haunted house fable, abandoning the book's paranormal investigation plot, using the hollow halls of the disordered mansion to tell the story of the disordered family who lives there. The hidden ghosts of Hill House aren't nameless spooks trapped between spiritual realms. They are personal manifestations for the people they haunt, visual aids for the truths they must accept and vanquish. It's not a paranormal story as much as a med- as much as a meditation on the distinct way grief and trauma maim the living, and it's scary as hell. Oh and the f- my gosh! It's and that's so well written. I have chills. Like I could not have thought of a better synopsis if I tried. My lord! And this is the final paragraph from this. It's fragrant language, bold in its message, and it won't work for everyone. But sometimes grief is brash like that. Sometimes you need to wrap yourself in the comfort of forgiveness, in the broad stroke melodrama that is life and loss and the enduring pain they conjure. Flanagan understands this and has forged from the bones of Jackson's work something personal, probing, and transcendent. Trauma builds walls around us, but the haunting of Hill House shines a light on the exit. That's amazing. Is that like a perfect way to lead into this? Yes. I'm curious, have you read The Haunting of Hill House? Have you read the book? I have not. I would really like to. Part of me, it's like, I know that it's so different that like, I feel like I might struggle with how different it is. But I think if I was to approach it as two separate pieces, I would really enjoy it. And to see a little bit more context behind the decisions that were made. Yeah, I haven't read it either. I did read We've Always Lived in the Castle by Sharon Mm -hmm. Jackson. I thought that really 
really good too. Um, and it was one of those that really looks at family dynamics as well. So what's her writing style like? Well, I mean, it was written in the 50s, so it definitely has like the more like flowery language, I would say, and stuff like that. But it's also been so long since I've I've read that book that I can't yeah. remember in its full context, but I do remember um enjoying it and definitely like I think she does a lot of really good descriptions to help you understand the environment that you're in totally Cheyenne before we get started what what's kind of what what do you have any expectations or any hopes well fuck I feel like my expectations are so high I know we did kind of set this up quite high for you didn't we honestly this will meet them (laughs) if they go I I promise that it will too no I'm excited I um like I said earlier I uh my problem is not that I don't enjoy the scary things. It's that I have a hard time shutting the scary things down. Totally. Um, which is fine. We're getting better at that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm excited. I don't have, I mean, I have high expectations, but I also don't really have like have preconceived notions. Or yeah. Anything. I yeah. feel like I've been able to really avoid spoilers of this in like all of the ways. So yeah. I feel like I'm genuinely coming in very blind I think, I think it's really interesting because I won't get into this very much, but like the last thing on my mind is like, there are a lot of horror tropes in it, but it also like shatters the horror tropes on purpose a little bit, which is cool. Um, But yeah, Shale, do you have any final thoughts before we let people go to go watch the episode and come back? That kind of came to my mind is like, as Cheyenne's talking about like avoiding spoilers and stuff there's something about this show and I don't know if it's like this unwritten conscious rule or something that all of us like agreed to but I feel like it's one of those shows where like you didn't have to try that hard to avoid spoilers I feel like it is that show like unless you've watched it you really don't have any idea what it's about because there's nothing really out there in the universe that like tells you what it's about and it's just really fascinating to like think back on that and be like even since I watched it back in 2018 I still don't see stuff like out like content wise that really explains what the show is or gives away spoilers or anything like that. So I think that is another thing that kind of adds to how special the show is for people. Which is really kind of interesting given how much high praise it has critically. It almost feels like as a consumer, we've all agreed to allow people to experience it the first time. Because I think if if I was to, I'm not I'm not going to, but if I was to accidentally like let slip any spoilers, I do actually feel like it would affect your overall experience. Interesting. Unlike many other things where you can like know something's coming and still, it. I mean, it's it's a little different here because there's like so many layers upon layers upon layers that get like peeled back throughout this thing. But there's some stuff that like I really wouldn't want you to know before right. we start this. I'm kind of excited to see what your guys's responses watching it having seen it before too. Yeah. Like knowing coming into it that people that this is one that like requires some rewatching to catch. 100 Catch all the little easter eggs and all the little things. So it'll be fun to watch it for the first time alongside people who are also looking for those things. Yes. Because it's like doing my homework for me. Totally. No, <laughs> totally. Careful of like being too obnoxious in that context because I do remember I watched it back with my in-laws and like every five seconds I was like make sure you're watching this point and like (laughs) make sure you're like 
or like, what did you think of this, this and that? And like trying to like start the conversation, knowing that I know it's going to happen next, but like seeing if they see it and they're just kind of like, chill, shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> 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 I to avoid doing that as much as I can, but it's so hard not to, because you want to talk about like the art and the cinematography and the, the message behind the message. So it'll Absolutely. take some restraint. I think I can do it. Well, and so here's just like a little perwitching slip <laughs> totally. for everyone in this world a i i fucking love spoilers i'm like tell me what's i i have no problem with spoilers um in my in my own existence i'm not going to spoil things for you if you don't want things spoiled but i genuinely don't feel like spoilers typically don't affect me Your experience. my experience watching something so like you don't have to like totally tread on tiptoes but also it's been out for a while right yeah. so like you have hopefully you're either coming to this with context if you're not you know, we'll probably, once we kind of get into a rhythm with this, you'll be able to see, you know, keep up with us. So you can either watch the episode before you listen to this and kind of break it down with us, or you can pause it like we're about to and go watch the show and then come back and kind of unpack those feelings. I think there's, uh, it's just really interesting though, because you're right. I feel like, um, I'm someone who tends to be fairly clued in to most pop culture things, even if I'm not an active participant in them. I just, some of that comes from like my journalism background. Some of it comes from just being like way too chronically online, Mm. (laughs) Um, where I feel like there are a lot of things that like I know enough about that. I'm like, "Eh, yeah, I don't really need to see that. But this is one that you're right. Like, it's not one that I've heard, like heard a lot of references to or whisperings of. So knowing that it has such a high um, kind of respect from the people who watch it is really interesting, uh, kind of just going into it because I am going into it totally blind. Like I'm going into this with the title of the show. Yeah. Like, that's that's the context I have. Like the house is on a hill, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's what I know. Is it? I'm not answering that, (laughs) but I guess all this is a great way to say, Welcome, first of all, to all of our new listeners. Welcome to our brand new endeavor. We're really excited to explore this with all of you. To anybody joining us watching Hill House for the first time, we're really excited to share this journey with you guys. And for anybody that is just obsessed with it like we are and just needs to talk about it with somebody, we welcome you too. How we're going to kind of go about this is we're going to send you guys to break in just a second. And we are going to go ahead and watch the episode, but we are going to go ahead and leave the microphone running. So when we come back on the other side and unpack all of this, I'm excited to inset some of the audio bites from our own reactions. Obviously, we can't leave the microphone running for the whole episode because uh, this audio is copyrighted and uh, we don't want this taken down. We want this to be able to we want to be able to share this with you. So. We're excited. You guys are going to get to hear some of our in the moment reactions if we have any. And I guess this would be a great time to, to send you guys to your phones and tablets and devices. Go pull up Haunting of Hill House on Netflix and go ahead and get started on episode one. Whoosh. I'm wishing you away. Whoosh. Whoosh. See you on the other side, baby. Are you gone? Is everybody gone? <laughs> Where are you? And break. <laughs> Hello, 
fixing the house. Mm-hmm. And when it's done being fixed and they sell it, they'll move out. Because they're flipping. They're flipping it. Okay. That's the big. I'm sorry. I I'm excited for this, and I appreciate all of this. If I knowingly lived in a haunted ass house, my children would not be sleeping in a room without a fucking nightlight. Yeah. Also, there's a ghost in the background. Where? Did I fucking know already? In the hallway, there was a ghost. and hide little kid Ugh, I know there's a jump scare coming mm-hmm. I'm not happy about it <laughs> no <laughs> my problem too is like when people get scared I just laugh I <laughs> <laughs> did so funny No, she's sleeping with an afghan with her fucking bare ass feet out. Nobody does that. Never. What a perfect mommy with her perfect, perfectly curled night hair. And she wears heels around the house. Like, there's heels next to her right now. (laughs) No, thank you. And then you bail because you can't handle the floor in your afghan with your feet sticking out? I mean, I would. (laughs) All right. Are you saying you prefer not to do it here? Wow, everyone's mm-hmm. hanging up on Nelly? Fuck your yes. family. Oh, my favorite character. Dirty Martini's a good start. Suspenders? Hi, mommy. God, I love her. Me fucking too. Where'd her cool gloves go? Ugh, continuity. You can't take off elbow length gloves in a club and expect someone not to steal them. You will get your answers. Okay. Does she tie her to the bed with them? (laughs) Not quite. Dun, dun, dun. My God, poor Cheyenne has no idea. (laughs) Right? Sure, we love mansplaining it away. <laughs> That's our favorite, Steve. I want to get that looked at. Water damage is no joke. It happens all the time. I mean, fuck off. I regret saying you were hot. <laughs> I, I wondered how long that was going to take. <laughs> when you said that, I genuinely wondered how long that was going to take. I regret it, Steve. Your sister's hotter than you. All of them. All three of your sisters <laughs> yep. are hotter than you. Welcome back, everybody. You just finished or rewatched or recently watched episode one of Haunting of Hill House, aptly named Stephen Sees a Ghost. Finally. What a bummer to have the first ghost you see be your dead little sister. Right. But he totally Especially when you're a dick to her when you walk in. 
I guess I do have like a little recap of the first episode I could read real quick. Yeah. For catch, anybody who's not watching it along with us, but wants a reminder. Who is just like skipping through your ad break. So this is just the Wikipedia, like episode one. Fold it so you can't see the rest Excellent. of it. Stephen Crane is an author known for The Haunting of Hill House, an autobiographical novel about his childhood experience while residing in the haunted mansion with parents Hugh and Olivia and younger siblings Shirley, Theo, Nell, and Luke. During their stay, the Cranes encounter paranormal occurrences and are forced to flee without Olivia, who dies within the house, traumatizing the rest of the family. I'm like scanning ahead slightly just to make sure they don't give anything away in this. Years later, Stephen used his family's traumatic experiences to write his book, Straining the Bonds with His Siblings. Although it became a bestseller, he missed most of the most frightening experiences and does not actually believe in the paranormal. Theo meets a woman, Trish, at a nightclub uh, who brings her home to have sex. Stephen and Shirley miss calls from Nell, who then calls Hugh, the dad, and expresses concern for Luke, who has become a drug addict. When Stephen returns home, he finds Nell standing there in his apartment. He receives a call from Hugh informing him that Nell went to Hill House and is dead. Stephen realizes that Nell is a ghost. And that's our first episode. And a very truncated explanation. Yeah. Okay, wow. So as somebody re-watching this, mm-hmm. what I find super interesting is that Stephen very much did see a ghost, right? Like he saw his mom, even though she wasn't like I guess she wasn't a ghost at that point. But what's really interesting is that he's the only one who claims to have not seen one. Right. And I wonder if it's like, because, you know, I can relate to this. Um, Cause there's some things that happened in my childhood that like I repressed because like, that's the way that the brain tends to like deal with trauma and stuff like that. And I wonder if this is like Mike Flanagan's like allusion to somebody who deals with trauma in such a way as just like repressing the memories or like blocking them out to the point that he thinks that what he experienced wasn't real. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I a hundred percent. I think that line that he says to the woman who he's uh, interviewing is such an interesting thesis of the whole thing is that a ghost is a memory or uh, I can't remember. Yeah, exactly. Of, And I don't know that that's necessarily not true. Obviously, he has a very limited view of most things. I don't think any of us walk away from episode one being Steven's biggest fan in the world, which is interesting to see how that develops over the course of the season. But um, I don't know that what he's saying is right. It is interesting how they choose to put kind of some of the pivotal statements of kind of what this show is going to be all about in the mouths of characters who don't actually believe it. I think there's a lot of really interesting dynamic with like the age of the siblings too. Like the older ones tend to come across as like the really grounded, intelligent, like they're the ones that explain everything away, you know, and they seem to take that role even as adults where they're still like the caretakers for the rest of their siblings, even though it's like difficult for them. Yeah. Did you have any difficulty Cheyenne? Um, identifying and discovering that that we were doing time jumps or identifying who's who no that was fine for me it's what's really interesting to me is that like it's always like you're and maybe this harkens to what shale's talking about as far as like repressed memories go but like he's made this his entire livelihood in his career yeah 
and is still like firmly sitting in the skepticism seat of like, this is all explainable. This is all psychological. Right. It's just interesting that that's like such a, it's such a strong stance to take and then make these stories your entire livelihood anyway. Yeah. Which feels, it does like that makes it feel more exploitative on his end from like a sibling perspective from his sister being pissed at the manuscript. Right. Right. It's like, wow, this is extra shitty because I know you think we're all full of shit. Right. Or that we're all just like crazy. Right. And it's, it's a quick buck for you. I'm excited to keep watching it because I think like, I mean, like most first episodes do, right? Like this leaves you with more questions than answers. I definitely agreed. And I think that's probably the theme of the whole thing, right? Like that's horror in general. Like a lot of things don't get wrapped up until the very end. Yes. But yeah, there's a lot of these dynamics where you're like, oh, okay. I think one thing also that's very interesting, and this isn't really giving anything away either, is that this episode was singularly focused on Steven. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to having you discover how each of the following episodes unfolds, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm trying trying to allow you to discover things on your own. But I mean, it, he gets more likable, right? Like, he has to. I'm going to tell you anything. This is why I don't like doing these things with Shale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way. I think you some important things. That's what I told you at the beginning. <laughs> it won't. I genuinely, it won't change my feelings, but that's fair. That's some important things. That it will. <laughs> some important things were established that will become reoccurring themes. Obviously, the red door. Right. It will be a big one, as I'm sure you can tell. Uh, How many episodes till it actually gets unlocked? I can't answer that. Oh my god, you guys are the worst. <laughs> and also the Ben like the be waiting Nick a while, Shan. <laughs> and the Ben Nick lady gets introduced. That's another important uh, aspect of the house specifically. But I think overall one of the biggest things is that this this idea of the house has been built around each of these family members is is a huge part of the haunting of Hill House itself is also the haunting of the way life has affected this family. Yeah. Okay. So far, my favorite like horror trope that's in this is like the random hella religious lady who's like (laughs) experiencing all the shit and is just like, but Jesus has got me. So I'm cool. And I'm going to stay and continue like my responsibility of caretaking this house, even though it's a beacon of evil. (laughs) There's some phrases and collections of words too that also have been repeated a couple times that I didn't remember being repeated quite this much in episode one last time I watched it. Cause that same woman says in the dark, in the night, quite a bit. Okay. And those are some things, you know what I mean? Like those are some ones that are worth the other one that I think is, it's not super important, but it is, one of my favorite parts of the show is silence lay steadily against the walls and stones of Hill house. And whoever walked there walked alone is a very important. It was in the opening narration, which you commented on from the very beginning of uh, how strong that opening little bit is. Yeah. The opening was lovely. And then the woman who Steven is investigating or interviewing or whatever repeats it back to him again. 
And it's just one of those things that is definitely. Do we get the backstory of why Steve's marriage falls apart? Yes. hundred percent. Cool. hundred percent. Also speaking of like those really long monologues, that's like something that is a recurring theme throughout the show as well. And all of them are so like artistic and articulate and like so in depth. And so it's just really interesting to watch it back and just impressive of the actors, to be honest, like the fact that they all memorize these like hellacious monologues. Yeah. They're all so beautiful. The casting is also extremely strong as well with pairing child actors with older actors who not only act or not only look similar, but also. Yeah. They did a really good job yeah, of, that. of kind of carrying over. So they, they do make it quite easy to recognize each other once and the writing is good in terms of like they give the name right when you need to hear the name to be reminded of like who everybody is to establish that visual memory but the casting itself is really really strong we were introduced to just about everybody we met the dudleys who are the caretakers of the house and have been for a long time obviously we met hugh and olivia um we do learn getting into some spoilers here um we do learn that olivia has passed in some way, shape, or form, that's no longer new information. Um, we meet all of the kids, and uh, both the older and younger. And this is basically going to be our main main characters for the rest of the series. Do you have any favorite characters so far? This episode was so Steve heavy. Yeah, I it actually is. really do like the dad. Yeah. Like, as f- if I'm picking an absolute favorite person so far, the dad is my favorite. And we know that there's so much that he hasn't said yet. Yeah. I think that's one of the big things they've built is that he has re- he has not talked about what happened, quote, that night. Yeah. I think Theo is definitely an intriguing character, and I'm excited for you to get to know who yeah, she is Yeah, I'm and excited what she does. for more Theo, because that was like a blip. I mean, Theo was in like three minutes of this. Yeah. And I can't wait for you to find out why she wears the gloves. Me too. So much. Because you commented on it from a fashion perspective, and that's true. But I I can't wait for you to really understand. She's just so fascinating, the way she ticks and what's going on for her. We all fell in love with baby Luke. Yeah, baby Luke's so sweet. Honestly, baby Nellie's so cute, too. Baby Nellie's really sweet, too. I agree. The kids are great. The house itself, the set design for the house is pretty outstanding too, in terms of Ugh, yeah, all the those, world like, that they've built within knobs. it. Yeah. Ugh, and the details. All the wood carvings. Oh, one of the other important things that happened is all of the kids gasped and sat up and grabbed their necks at the exact same time. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's obviously going to come back. That was a very important thing that happened. Um, also, because that was when Nellie died too, right? Essentially. You will but don't me. worry, our roof's just leaking. Your roof's <laughs> just leaking, Irene. My sister didn't just kill herself slash get killed. You're seeing what you want to see. Because obviously I want to see my past husband in this way. What would you say is your burning question or questions walking away from this one? Is there anything that they've like really... I, I It's been so long since I got to watch this pilot for the first time. I know. I, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't remember what I did and didn't know at this point. I think I just need right now. I want more backstory of the house. Okay. And like, why are you even here? Okay. Like, why is this family here? This is the thing about horror stuff that I never quite fully am able to comprehend. Like, and I get like, and maybe this is a privileged perspective. And I recognize that like 
it's not always easy to just leave something, but it's always interesting to me how long people stay terrorized by things before they actually leave. And I think, and this isn't just like a horror trope. This is like a real life trope too. Yeah. Like of people being like, oh no, we've like, our kid has been tormented with night terrors and sleep paralysis from this house demon that's been here since we moved in five years ago. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, and we're just now calling in a medium? <laughs> like, we're just now trying to exercise this shit? Like, how how do you stay in this place for so long, knowing that this is probably going to happen to you every single night, and you're just like, it's fine, we're going to go to bed and, like, survive another night in this house? Yeah. I think, like, so much rationalizing that occurs, right? Like, as, like, s- since we bought our house... Like that's something that we think about a lot. Like how easy would it be to be able to like up and move if we needed to? And like, there's so much of a process to it. And we even live in like a market that I think would be much easier to sell it. But like at the same time, you invest so much money, like so much to where you're almost to the point of like, I don't, I don't have a whole lot. If I needed to go stay for a a week at a hotel, that would be difficult, you know? And so I think what people do to like counterbalance that is to like rationalize it away. Oh, this is just a stage that the kid is going through or like, oh, it's just the house settling. Even though you hear like very distinct knocks on the walls. Like I think our human brains just do something to us to try to justify like, bitch, you just spent a shit ton of money on this house. Right. (laughs) There has to be than it being haunted for us to be able to stay here <laughs> well and to your point there too like when irene is being interviewed she talks about well a she's like not sleeping in the room anymore right. which is like yeah. one of the things people do right or like nelly's sleeping on the couch to try something else yeah instead of sleeping in the haunted room like i do think i, I mean i think you're right there's a big like psychological thing that happens where you're like okay <laughs> Like, is this explainable? What are our bullshit questions? Can we live here? Can we do this? Um, Or like Irene's like lived in this house with her partner and built this whole life and has all these other memories attached to it too. So where it's like, okay, maybe I'm just never going to go in this bedroom again. And if I don't have any other experiences, that's like manageable for me and I can do that. But yeah, it's just, it's interesting to think about all of the, the reasons why you wouldn't immediately leave i think the thing that it's having children involved which is maybe the thing for me i'm like yeah like this many times your youngest is gonna experience all these horrifying things and you're gonna continue to just do the like it'll be okay go back to sleep it's happened enough that she's given it a name yeah well and that's like a common horror trope too right like where people buy the house that they can't afford yeah intent of like flipping it and making an a profit off of it right like right. that's so common you see that with like the amityville house or yeah like if the the show that's on netflix now the watcher like they always talk about how they buy this house like way outside of their means and have like nothing left and so they're literally trapped and i think that's yeah. a huge part of the horror element of it too is knowing that you literally cannot afford to get out because you made a terrible financial decision hoping to have a better outcome and stepping back from that trope wise too, it's also this idea of accidentally stumbling into yeah. like the best, the best intentions. Um, I think it's also really interesting. One of the other big pieces of information that we're given with no context yet is the fact that a, however 
Olivia passed was definitely picked up by tabloids and definitely picked up by the press and became a very public thing. But in spite of all of that, Hugh is determined and adamant that the house remained boarded and locked, that they don't sell it. So Mm. something happened. Okay. That's my other question then is if tabloids are like, what's this family's story that tabloids are involved? Mm -hmm. Question mark. Because even if like, a sketchy suicide happened. Like that would be like front page news for a day, but it would not like right. run the tabloid story. Like it wouldn't be front page of every single tabloid for multiple weeks. No, absolutely. And, and really be damning to Hugh. To him specifically. Yeah. yeah. So I want more like daddy context too. Like who are you guys even? Absolutely. And then one of the final like big pieces of information that were being kind of spoon fed one little piece at a time is obviously the fact that that Nellie has has passed, that right. Nellie is now gone as well, and that the last place that she was that we're was aware the of red room. was the house. Yeah, and like what drove her back there? Nellie's in the red room after was- trying to reach out to her fucking family beforehand, and no one answered the goddamn phone. Yeah, but that's like a really important thing to that'll it show is. up later too, like the timeline of that phone call. And Nellie's in the red room. Like that is, that's another one of those phrases that like, we'll, we'll come back again and again. Nellie's dancing in the red room. And it's always creepy. It's always Nellie's in the red room. Yeah. Do we get context as to like the actual, do we get context to the backstory of the hauntings? Like of the ghosts that yes, are haunting? Yes, we do. Yes, okay. we do. Cool. And the a little bit more of the history of the house. Wow. Ultimately the history of the house is less important than the people right the hauntings are very abstract which i think is like the absolute genius behind this entire show okay but you do get to know some names and some individuals who will become a part of this story but it's less important than the effect that the house as an entity has on the family which is definitely why it's such a metaphor for grief and for traumatic experiences is that every single one of them is handling it very differently Mm-hmm. Some have drifted a little bit more together, somewhat. Sure, looking at Shirley and Theo, I mean, Theo is living in the guest house off of the funeral home, but others it is completely divided, which will be explored and explained and displayed. Cool. How do you feel about um, the method of storytelling in terms of like it's this is not a linear show. Um, I think it's done well in this. A lot of shows don't do this well. And a lot of like a lot of literature doesn't do this well either, yeah. where you're like, wow, I am so fucking confused. I'm not confused. Like there are no moments of me not understanding what's going on while watching the first episode, but there are a lot of moments that I'm like, okay, I have questions. You're missing about information. This. Yeah. yeah yes. Like, but I think as far as like following where everything is on screen, they do a really good job of that. In terms of style and content so far and the limited that we've seen so far, did this kind of align with what you expected? Yeah, I think so. Based on like limited understandings and you guys both know me too. Like my brand, like this is my brand of horror. Yeah. Like I'm like a psychological thriller person. I am not. Well, that's not always true. We don't have to get into that, but (laughs) (laughs) for the most part, this is how I prefer my horror. Yeah. 
is more of that, like, like I want to be actively involved in like putting together puzzle pieces. Right. Rather than as just we're going, jump rather scare than jump scare. Right. Yeah. Like, like the Saw era of horror, for example, is like not my thing. I agree. I'm, I'm similar as well myself. I guess to that point on a scale of one to 10, what would you say the fear factor for that one was for you? For this episode? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, or for Saw, because <laughs> different. <laughs> different things no for for steven sees a ghost episode one mm, okay my fear factor is not currently very high good okay because i think as far as pilots go i think it was great yeah um because it's setting up a lot yeah and i think they had to set up a lot there were definitely moments the score is really good yeah the score is in great. this in a way that's like subtle which i really appreciate a lot of horror or in a way that's like kind of tongue-in-cheek where you're like oh this is like building emotionally to something and then it like it's or, the missing stop sign outside or yeah. whatever, right? Like it, it, uh, it under delivers yeah. as far as what the like jump scare music is leading you up to. Or it relies on it too heavily that if you were to take the score out, it wouldn't be scary. It anymore. wouldn't make sense. Exactly. Yeah. You'd be like, hmm, I don't know why I'm afraid of that, but no, I think it's, I think it's doing a good job. I'm excited to keep watching it. It gives a lot of weight to it too. In the moments where it needs weight and also the moments when it doesn't want you to like it it like it's like this is important this is poignant this is character development there's that one theme that comes in that like light piano one Mm -hmm. i also love the main titles for for this series i think it i i honestly like a lot of the main titles for netflix series some of my favorites are like the keepers or the updated titles for um the lock and key title yeah lock and key unsolved mysteries the updated version of that one the classic tv show i think that i think that's one of the things that you come to expect a certain level of polish and precision from netflix series and i think actually i was reading i think this one was actually paramount television actually uh it was produced by uh yeah paramount television for netflix which i thought was a little bit interesting well, 2018, that was before Paramount Plus existed. That's true. So they were like in the streaming game, but not in the streaming game. Missed out on that one. Yeah, for real. Do you have any expectations or any theories of where we're going to go from here? Or is it too early to say? I think it's too early for solid theories. I would like Steven to get less annoying and more hot. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel that way about most people. <laughs> I want more of Theo's story. I want more of Luke's story. I want yeah. Luke's story more than anybody's. Okay. Actually, at this point, yeah. I want Luke's story more than anybody's because everyone seems to have an opinion about Luke. Yeah. But we don't get him for more than like two minutes of like really kind of like just agonizing heartbreak. And saying that it's not what it looks like. Yeah. So like, what does it look like? What doesn't it look like? What are you actually needing this money for? Like what's happening with Luke? I want to know more about Luke. Yeah. And we've been set up in such a way that we know that this show is not everything that it looks like on the surface like we've come to expect that yeah that like there's like does all of luke's shit stem from nelly sleeping in the fucking couch room and leaving him alone in their scary haunted bedroom i have thoughts and questions and concerns i feel like this is probably a really great place to start with this episode is there any other thoughts or points we want to make before we get ready to move on to our next episode in the near future do we spend more time how would you say that the time spent between present day and hill house day is split in this show 50 50 really like fairly evenly yeah okay i think so there's and it's in yeah yeah 
I would say 50, 50, and I would say they're a both of equal value okay. in terms of the information that you glean from it. And honestly, a huge aspect of this is watching how this family chooses to respond to situations like Nellie's passing, because you have obviously Olivia's passing, which we have a lot of information to get still, mm-hmm. but all like, this is kind of the like inciting incident to this plot line. I would say in terms of like, now this family has to work together because another traumatic event just happened to all of them. Uh, it's kind of like, this is the, we've now like reached the starting line, I would say. Got it. And okay. because of that, and we're in two different places in two different times, it's pretty 50, 50. I'm excited for you to see, for those of you who do know the show, I'm excited for Cheyenne to see episode six. Wow, that's so many episodes from now. Which is called Two Storms. And then everybody's going to be waiting for episode eight. And that's all I'm going to say. I mean, okay. Are you excited for episode eight, Shale? (laughs) I'm excited for every episode. Like, I can't, I don't know. Like, every episode is so good. I don't, I can't think of one where I'm like, eh, I could have went without that or that was like a filler one yeah no i agree well i feel like as we go forward and we're allowed to say more and more we're going to have more and more to discuss but i think this is a really great place to start and hopefully all of our listeners are enjoying kind of revisiting this with us if you have thoughts questions topics that you just like are burning in your brain and you want us to talk about as always, when this episode's released, go to our Instagrams, go to our DMs, shoot us an email. Um, I'm at Jeremy at whenwallscantalktarot.com. Let us know your thoughts and your feedback because uh, we love topic points that you want to see discussed. And we'd love to have you guys involved a little bit in the discussion. And yeah, what's with the expectation that this is probably going to start coming out uh around halloween this month what else uh, will you guys be up to where can the listeners keep up with your world yeah well uh season four of ouija boards and there's launches on october 30th um if that has already passed go listen it's a great first episode uh, we have a really fun season planned for everyone. Some really phenomenal guests, some old familiar faces, and some brand new people who are just going to blow your fucking minds. I'm so excited. And it's just going to be so cozy. I feel like a good word for season four is cozy. I love that. Without like giving too much away. Yeah. And we're like really settling. Fresh drinks. Ooh. Yeah, we're we're upping our drink game. We've decided to not be like consistently drinking lattes and tea all the time like it's fine (laughs) we're doing the things that we've been talking about wanting to do wanting to do since season one so we're trying harder than like tequila and sprite (laughs) yeah like it's it's gonna be a good time i'm really excited about it um you can catch jeremy on an episode about the effervescent lizzie borden oh it's gonna be a doozy um if you didn't do it i was gonna do it (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be fun so tune in to both of us there's gonna be some really fun you know fun spooky unhinged nonsense that you know and love um some really great insightful depth of conversation with some old experts some new experts there's just there's a lot coming that we're really excited about amazing i'm so excited i love your guys show and when walls can talk the podcast is god willing probably going to be coming out around the same time as Woo! the release of this episode yeah. we are back in the works 
We're going to be focusing more heavily on production episodes this year or this, this go around. Focusing more heavily on production. I know. Like, shut up. Like, what the fuck, Jeremy? I know. (laughs) But uh, there's so high. Like, all of us other peasants in the podcast world we're gonna yeah. be we're gonna be doing some whaley house we're gonna be doing some robert the doll we're gonna be doing Winchester. have you watched the new robert the doll absolutely yet? oh you have i, I have it that, that might be a good one for ghost besties Ooh, that would be fun i feel like it'll be fun yeah and, and simultaneously when you're reaching out for feedbacks and topics etc for this let us know stuff you'd like to see us if there's documentaries on true crime or supernatural or anything like that, that you just are dying to talk about with somebody. We want to be that space where we get to talk about the things we're dying to talk about. And I'm also excited to see if there's anything that all three of us have never heard before, never seen before and kind of explore that as a group, but I'm looking forward to it. It should be a really fun adventure. Yeah. Send us your rep. The use of the word dying in that context. Too soon, too Hashtag soon. Death. I guess with that, we can probably leave it here for our pilot episode of Ghost Besties. Thank you both for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having us. I hope you both are able to join us as much as possible. It's going to be a great exploration and journey together. And well, guess- now I'm committed. Like you at least will have us for the <laughs> the continuum of haunting of Hill House because we have to know. I know. How much work is it going to take for you to not go is home there any and nudity watch? in this? Is there? <laughs> I don't think so. Exactly how hot does everyone get is really what I'm asking. That I'm going to leave alone. Okay, that's fair. But that's I fine. guess, uh, yeah, how hard is it going to be for you to not go home and watch like two more episodes? Maybe not tonight, but in the near future. I, I, it is. I actually was thinking about that. I'm like, oh, this is going to like inspire us to keep keep recording these because yeah. I do really like, I need to know yeah. what happens. That and also it helps when some of this is fresh in your mind because it all builds on itself so yeah. organically and so beautifully, but. All right, start another one. Right. I guess with that, we will leave you for tonight on our cozy evening. Uh, and we'll catch you guys next time for episode two, which is open casket. Who are you going to call? Ghost besties. <laughs> oh, <laughs> perfect timing. Rowan. And cut. We're good. All right, well, stop. We did it!